Now it's an activatable space where people can gather and exist in the city's urban core and then peel off into different parts of the city to be able to patronize whatever is in downtown Omaha. And we were talking before, there is so much stuff. I actually do interpretive dance down there. That's not sanctioned or official. They've asked me to stop several times. <laughs> but I can't imagine why. Yeah, yeah that's, and I, that's really why that I'm here. That felt like a great activation, yeah. <laughs> CHI Health Center. Yes, we sure are. With yeah. Christina Engdahl, Director of Communications for Mecca. Correct, yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. She was so excited to be on here. She told all of her friends and has almost lost her voice. I That's it. I was shouting it from the rooftops, yes, Tony. So yep. we appreciate the promotional <laughs> consideration. And I went down the Friday before we launched to the ribbon cutting at the riverfront and was still blown away, even though I was expecting it to be great. I of think course. it even exceeded expectations. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and some things going on in the fall. But I guess leading up to the launch, how stressed were you about everything going on down there? What were the big concerns? What was keeping you up at night as you prepared such a massive launch. Yeah, certainly the fact that there had been not quite anything like this in city history was not lost upon me, lost upon Mecca, lost upon all the different teams that went into making the entirety of the project a possibility. But we had this kind of special privilege of understanding how, you know, interesting and how significant the entire space was, given that we'd been walking through it for four years during construction. Yeah, um, was it four years? Yes, from it was. Yep. Wow. And and just as it closed in phases with Gene Lahim all closing first and then the other two parks, Heartland of America Park and Lewis and Clark Landing, they also reopened in phases too. So with Gene Lahim Mall, we had the opportunity to show people how special the space could be, what were all the possibilities within it. So already our community had a good idea of what was to come with Heartland of America Park and Lewis and Clark Landing, but having the chance to prove it was really spectacular. So all the different activatable spaces within, all the different permanent amenities coming online and becoming available, I think really just showcased exactly how the riverfront is transformed and going to transform downtown Omaha. Yeah, I think the capital district makes more sense to me like instantly yeah. after walking around. It's okay, I get where this is going. But yep. I was at the Luminarium the Monday before that Friday launch and that was the first time I'd been there and was just looking about. I thought, oh, they've got a lot of stuff that seems like it needs to be done. Was it 24 hours a day going down there towards the end? Yeah, with construction projects, especially one of this size and in an outdoor capacity, it changes every single day. Every day there's more plants going in, there's more infrastructure being completed. But I will say the parks were about 95% complete even a couple months before reopening. Pushing it until mid-August gave all the plants, all the trees, all the landscaping within the opportunity to get well-established and to really be able to thrive when we had an influx of things like foot traffic or activities within those spaces where baby plants wouldn't quite hold up the way that more mature plants would have the opportunity to. So certainly when we were thinking about the reopening date and all the things within, longevity is an imperative piece of that equation too, because you don't want to have this brand new park open and then already have to close certain sections or pieces because you're in there replacing things left and right. So we wanted to make sure that everything would have the chance to get well and established. And in that time, of course, it's been very hot. There's yeah. also have been 
storms and still some of that landscaping, which is predominantly Nebraska native by design. We know it is you know, best suited for this climate. We know it takes less resources to help it survive. To this point, have all still looked really good and have completed that goal of holding up as people have moved back into the park. But back to your original question, yeah, things continue to change up every day up until the grand opening, but still most of it was in place and gave us, again, this idea of how really special it was going to be and how much our community was really going to love it when they got back in there. Was there anything from the Gene Leahy launch that you learned or changed or modified from how that went into this, or was it as planned, just prepared for anything? And Yeah, a lot of it is the same. I think what we learned, though, was the um, greater diversity of the spaces in the other two parks. Gene Leahy Mall was the smallest of all three of them. It was about 13 acres, um, and the riverfront in totality is 72 acres. Wow. So when we brought that back online, we knew there was still a whole lot more park to come with different areas for activation. In Heartland America Park, there's a lakeside amphitheater that's great for things like acoustic performances or author reads that have happened down there. But then also there's that giant event lawn that's also smack in the middle of that space. And then over in Lewis and Clark Landing, you have this great playground with sand volleyball courts that are all really active opportunities too. So in Jean Leahy Mall, we saw some of the ways those smaller spaces could be really capitalized upon from different community partners. And now we just were able to expand upon that as the other parks came back online. And so when we get to the actual launch, what was your feeling on that day? Relief, elation, everything, surprise to some extent? What was it like seeing people actually enter the park? We continue to say that the riverfront in and of itself has surpassed all expectations, in some ways even ours too. I think we knew how beautiful the space was going to be. I think we knew the potential that would come with it, but up until the gates are down and the ribbon is cut, you don't know precisely how your community is going to react to it or all the different ways they're going to interact with it as well, which was uh, something that we're still learning to this day. You can have an idea of how people might use the swings or might utilize the slides, but until um, there is a regular flow of foot traffic within there, you don't truly know how it's all going to go. So we had the chance to learn a little bit about that. Um, Some of that is a little scary and nerve wracking, but most of all, the reaction has been really positive and we hoped that's what it would be, but we couldn't have known until it came, until it reopened here just in the past month. And what are some of the surprising things that you didn't expect or that people are using, utilizing the foot traffic? What's the takeaways of unexpected ways people are using this? Unexpected, I'm not sure if I have a good answer for that, but I do know that we, thought that things like the skate ribbon would be really popular and we had no idea just how popular it would be because still even within again for it being open for about a month now we think 10,000 people have come through and used the skate ribbon during the grand opening weekend alone of Heartland of America Park and Lewis and Clark Landing so August 18th through 20th we took a kind of informal tally and understood that something like 75,000 people came down um, and utilized those park spaces too. I think maybe that's the biggest surprise is we try to get in front of people. We try to communicate about what's going down, what's going on down at the parks. But until you see them actually walk through the door or through the trees in this case, you can't really know if they're going to come out and take you up on it, see what we have to offer and see this grand thing we've been working on for the past four years. 
have you gotten any feedback from people who maybe were totally unfamiliar, maybe not from here? Yes. And yeah. what's what do they make of this that knew nothing about how it used to be or and just are seeing it fresh? There's people who hadn't been downtown in a few years who suddenly felt encouraged to do so that yeah. were just blown away at all the progress that they had the chance to see, not only within the riverfront, but all the development happening downtown. To your earlier point, suddenly things like the Capital District make sense because there's this clear point of connectivity that gets you from one entertainment district at the old market to the other over at the Capital District by just taking a short path through the middle of that park where that previously didn't exist. So folks who maybe didn't have a good understanding of what the downtown Omaha landscape has become have really been blown away by this transformation, but also Something else that we've seen, too, is with the diversity of programming that's been provided within the park, you're not just necessarily coming down to enjoy a beautiful day and see the scenery, which is also very much a a draw of these parks, but also there's something for you to do down there. So there's a a particular area of literature that you're interested in. The Omaha Public Library may be putting on something in conjunction with that. Fitness classes, dance classes, we have dog behavioral classes. And through the kind of creation of those communities downtown, we've also had the chance to develop programming around that too. If it turns into bigger weekend events, festivals, opportunities for different food and interaction with one another. So I think this has been what's blown people away about the space. But also, we, as we're breaking ground on this project, there was a lot of people who liked the previous design. It took a pretty picture, which there's no denying that. And I think their concern was this loss of this beautiful depiction of downtown Omaha that was suddenly going to change, which it did. But also, it still takes a very pretty picture, as we've seen. And now it's more than that, too. The newsletter that you guys have, there's so much stuff, it's hard for us to even, we could take two hours and just talk about the the programming. And and there is so much stuff that changes every week. But if you aren't subscribed to the newsletter, you should be, I think. And you'll be surprised. I'm reading it every time it comes out. And it's, oh, I could see checking out this. Oh, I'd never thought of that. It, It is so diverse and it's great. Is there anything that a hidden gem or something that you've thought, oh, we thought more people would maybe be into this that they're not finding or seeing or or personally anything you go telling friends, oh, have you seen this and and they haven't or people are just taking it all in as it's new? Yeah, I think when the construction began, there was this kind of concern about maybe the loss of some of the existing elements within the park that made everything within those spaces so special. And so something that I like to encourage people to go check out or to remember or take a stroll with us down memory lane is the slides that still exist in Jean Leahy Mall. Those are from the 1970s. Not a hidden gem because they are (laughs) still very busy. Little details like the fact that the orange lights have returned and been refurbished in a way that makes them still modern and usable or that the ConAgra fountain is still functioning, not quite as high as it used to be because with the change of the lake size and structure, if we looked at the original height, everybody in the park would be getting soaked. Really? So, yeah. Okay, so I wondered this, about that. <laughs> yeah, so that was something. But also the MUD fountain is still within the lake there as well. And we've also preserved some of the artwork within those spaces too. As you're walking around and appreciate, of course, just the general existence within the park, there are just these little details too that I think help make everything 
all that more special. Maybe next summer, whenever it goes above 100 degrees, they crank the fountain back up to full <laughs> yeah. strength just to, you know, for safety purposes. On that hot weekend, I had a couple people say they wouldn't mind it, but I think you take a little harder look at the water and maybe you'd think twice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you're looking ahead at the next year, what can the public expect? Is it just settle in and reevaluate, or is there more stuff churning? Is it just the programming and the events, or what's on your plate that as far as the riverfront goes in the short term. I think what we're doing at this moment is really settling into our programming, especially now having all of these acres to activate in so many different ways because the activatable spaces are different sizes. They're in different locations. And so what's good for one location may not be great for the other. So figuring out how to capitalize upon that. And then also it'll be the holidays before we know it too. And I think I can say we have something very special lined up to help celebrate the holidays down at the riverfront. We did it at Jean Lake Mall last year. Again, just 13 acres. So now yeah. we have this really exciting opportunity to bring many more acres, many more trees, thousands of trees within this space into the holiday season, make them sparkly, make it beautiful, and just really help our community feel endeared to this space because there will be activation opportunities with holidays, there'll be Christmas markets happening down there, all sorts of stuff that we think can help to show how special the space is and help contribute that feeling of excitement to our community too. And how many people work on the programming and where do you even, uh, was there brainstorming? How far in advance is this go? Tell us a little bit about the process because it is very impressive if you really look at the week to week schedule. It is a small but mighty programming team with the Riverfront. It's, It's a handful of people who are super talented, very innovative have permission to think big and certainly take the opportunity to do, to do. And so they will come up with different ways, markets, programs that activate the space. But also in Omaha, we are so fortunate that we have a plethora of program partners, nonprofit community groups that also have had great ideas of how we can best activate this space. The Omaha Public Library is an example again where we said, hey, we think we want to do something with you here in the park. What do you think? And they came back to us with the idea for a summer reading program. Similarly, we've reached out to different yoga studios. They've come up with the programs that would be good to happen within that area. Jocelyn Art Museum, Durham Museum has been a great program partner for us too. There's just entirely too many to mention. But that also makes it uh, a possibility to have a really robust um, programming schedule because sure, we have a wonderful programming team and operations team and a horticulture team and, and a lot of people who help make everyday operations in that wind of that park a possibility. Uh, but really, when we look out into the community and say, hey, show us what is a possibility even down here in this space, they've come through and had ideas that we probably couldn't have even thought of. And what's the feedback process like? Is it things on social media, anecdotal things? Is there a more formal surveying that goes on with this type of thing? Or how do you get response from what people are liking or not? We're a community park, and certainly our community has opinions. (laughs) So they never hesitate to tell us to. And sometimes it has been really helpful, too, where somebody will have thought of something maybe that didn't dawn upon us, especially when it comes to communicating maybe rules and regulations within the park, people telling us maybe better and more effective ways that we could be communicating with them during their experience within the riverfront. So that's given us a chance to learn and grow because before this project, Mecca was not in the business of parks. So we had to learn on the fly and our community has been really patient and receptive and still 
taken the opportunity to give us feedback on ways we can get better, which is appreciated. And they usually do that through like it's direct contact means the riverfrontomaha.com is our website where there's an email, there's a phone number. We try to be transparent and accessible because we know that people have questions. We know people have thoughts comments, concerns, and we want to be able to receive all those too. But also we exist on all the social media platforms and that's where we directly communicate things like weather delays or postponements, cancellations, because we are just an open space. And when Mecca got involved in the park, was there trepidation about that being out of the wheelhouse or was that just a gradual process? How was that taking over a park when that wasn't really your business. Yeah, I continue to marvel at the confidence of everybody involved in that process too, because certainly before the parks, there were the two brick and mortar buildings, right? There's CHI Health Center that we're sitting in now. And then there's Charles Schwab Field across the street, which are different operations, but similar in a lot of ways too. We have an operations team that makes everything run smoothly, but yeah, with an outdoor project, with outdoor complications and issues, it was a totally different ball game to Yeah, pardon my pun. (laughs) So I just was surprised at the ease with which some of the operations folks within Mecca were able to just seize that opportunity and to carry it forward in such an effective way. And of course, now the park has its own staff. Like I said, there's operations, there's horticulture, there's custodial, and then there's just overall park management that all exists over there. Is Uh, it separate from the rest of the Omaha parks then, technically? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So City of Omaha has a parks department, of course, that manages hundreds of parks throughout this city, which is an incredible feat in and of itself. And then when the Riverfront Project broke ground, it it is still a city-owned park. It is just managed by Mecca. And when I say manage, that means we help oversee things like the custodial services, the security, the programming operations, and things like that. So yeah, as we said, check out the newsletter. And what was the website again? It's theriverfrontomaha.com. Um, and we encourage people to go on there to look at our online events calendar. There's always something on there too. And as we alluded to, there's such a differentiation in programming that there's always something for everybody on there as well. So whether you like something active, like a fitness class, whether you like something easygoing, like art classes that we have or reading programs, or Durham just did this great like Lego building seminar. Um, There's just such a difference in things going on that we always say that if you go check out the calendar, surely you're going to find something that appeals to you and your family. And I'll be down there interpretive dancing until they ask me to stop. Yeah, exactly. You thought Pink was a show. That's the show, Christine. (laughs) All right, Christine Engdahl from Mecca. Thank you so much. Thanks for everything you guys did. It's an awesome experience. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much.